Today on The Faction, we're talking the PWI 250, the return of the EST, and Impact got a new name. All of that and more today on The Faction. What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. Of course, I'm your man, Gerard Bonner. I hope that all is well with you. There's always so much going on in the wrestling world. Kind of one of the challenges, admittedly, is if you're not talking immediately about something, sometimes it feels like you're behind the eight ball. But the cool part is, because there are so many things that are going on, then if we reach back and grab a few things to discuss yeah, it's absolutely worth it. So with all of that said, thank you guys for your support of all things connected to The Faction. You'll definitely want to stay connected to us on the socials at The Faction Show, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where we are very likely to break news and talk very quickly in real time about some things. Obviously, more in-depth discussion happens right here on the podcast. And so with that said, thank you for your support and subscription to the podcast. If you're not already doing so, you can find us in all of the cool places where you can find your podcast so hit that subscribe button so you don't have to wait for a social media post to see and hear what's next from us so yeah there's quite a bit to talk about and then there's some interesting news personally as well I'll be sharing all of that today but let's start with an interesting piece of news and that is the PWI 250 so let's just kind of walk you through what this is we're familiar with the PWI 500 that's where Pro Wrestling Illustrated yearly ranks its 500 top male wrestlers and included in that list happen to be some women who have been fighting intergender matches throughout the year but that list is primarily for the men now what was once known as the PWI 100 evolved into the PWI 150 and now has evolved into its latest iteration as the PWI 250 ranking the best women's wrestlers of the last year so whenever we get into these lists and lists can really be a wee bit controversial it's always important to understand the criteria you know it's funny you guys know or at least a number of you know that I work quite a bit in the music space as well and so there's always a lot of conversation and conjecture when Grammy nominations come out or Dove nominations or Stellar nominations or whatever award show because people tend to be attached to whatever is out the latest and then they wonder why that isn't included in certain conversations well that's where the criteria become important so what are the criteria for this year's PWI 250 this is important because there are some names that might come across your mind that either may not be ranked on this list at all or may not be as high as you think because of the criteria so here are the criteria Firstly, the evaluation period is from September the 16th, 2022 to September the 30th, 2023. So it's a full calendar year 
plus two weeks. So you've got to think about what did the wrestling world look like from September 16th, 2022 through September 30th, 2023, which was all of three, four weeks ago. Then these criteria are also important. And that is they look at in-ring achievement, which includes win-loss record, championships, and tournaments won. Also influence, which includes visibility and prestige within a promotion and or within the industry. Technical ability, which looks at the quality of moves, match and ring psychology competition which is your success against the most varied and highest quality opponents and then activity which requires a minimum of 10 singles matches total which include non-tag matches or barring this six such matches in separate months so then the pwi 250 is out and what i'd like to do is run through at least the top 10. I'm probably going to do the top 20 in total, and then we'll talk about varying people for this. So let's start at the top 20. Let's do that. Then we'll move into the top 10, and you'll find some very interesting names across the entire world of wrestling. So at number 20, it's Saya Kamatani, who has spent quite a bit of time in stardom this year, had a reign as the Wonder of Stardom champion. At number 19, it's Mizuki. Mizuki spent the bulk of her year in Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling, which is TJPW, winning the Princess of Princess title from her tag team partner Yuka Sakazaki in the main event of Grand Princess 23. Number 18 is the current TBS champion Chris Statlander, who was number 125 last year. So that's a really big moment. Of course, she returned from injury, defeating Jade Cargill to win that title and has been undefeated since then. At number 17 is Miyu Yamashita, who also was involved in Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling and held four titles during this period. Number 16 on the list was not even ranked last year, and that is Kyrie. Kyrie is the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion and won that title back in October and made New Japan history as the first women's main event on a New Japan card and of course ended up in an incredible feud with Mercedes Monet. At number 15 on this list is Roxanne Perez. It should be noted that she is the highest ranked NXT star on this list. A big year for her, including winning the NXT Women's Championship and holding that title for four months during the evaluation period. She also was involved in this year's Royal Rumble and is considered by many to be a pillar of NXT's women's division. Number 14 on the list is Jade Cargill. Now, Jade Cargill was number five last year. Jade Cargill was undefeated for most of this point up until Double or Nothing, where she lost a TBS championship, going a total of 60-0 and throughout her career. Then she took a significant break. After taking that break, she would come back and lose her final AEW match to Chris Statlander but then would head to WWE in a massive, and I do mean massive media blitz, but that puts Jade at number 14 this year. Number 13 is Masha Slamovich, who was number 14 last year, the Russian Dynamite, did quite a bit, of course, in Impact, 
along with holding three singles championships, including the West Coast Pro Wrestling Women's title. At number 12, it's the former AEW Women's World Champion, Tony Storm. This was before she was timeless. In this period, she held the Women's World Championship twice, defeating Jamie Hayter, and then successfully defended her title at Forbidden Door. And it looks like she is en route to another very big year. Perhaps the biggest surprise to me in this list is Asuka at number 11. Now, during this time period, Asuka won the WWE Women's Championship against a red-hot Bianca Belair. She did that at Night of Champions and stayed in the title picture throughout the year, which was really, really impressive. Asuka, a big, big year, coming in at number 11. So that's your 11 through 20 list. Now let's get into the top 10 of the PWI 250. At number 10, and I'll kind of move through this one a little bit faster. Number 10, it's Jordan Grace, who had a big year in Impact. At number 9 is Camille, who spent 812 days as the NWA World Women's Champion. Absolutely incredible year for her. And many are wondering right now, will we see Camille find her way into AEW or WWE? Number 8, Willow Nightingale who during this period won both the Owen Hart Invitational Tournament and was the inaugural New Japan Strong Women's Champion, defeating Mercedes Monet. Number seven, it's Deanna Perrazzo, who spent some time, of course, as the Impact Knockouts World's Champion and always is near the top of this list as she was number three in 2021 and number 19 in 2022. Well-deserved spot in the top 10 is Athena at number six, who has just absolutely been incredible as the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion. What a what a jump as she was number 75 on this list. This is her highest ranking of her career dating back to 2013. At number five, it's Tam Nakano. Tam Nakano was number 30 last year, and she's done quite a bit this year in stardom, including defeating Julia to win her first World of Stardom Championship. At number four, it's the former AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayter, who had a landmark year and might be arguably even higher if it wasn't for injury this year. Number three, and this is a shocker for me, Bianca Belair, who I thought would have probably been number one this year, considering that she has officially had the longest reign of the modern era for any women's champion in WWE at 419 days. It's really been quite amazing. She remained undefeated at WrestleMania this year as well, going 3-0. and now, some in this period will cite her hiatus from WWE as one of the reasons she's not number one. Either way, big year for Bianca Belair. At number two, it's Julia, the current New Japan Strong Women's Champion, her highest ranking on this list. During this period, she ended Shuri's 365-day reign as World of Stardom champion back on December the 29th. And that means the number one woman in all of pro wrestling for the year 
is Rhea Ripley. The 10-year pro really had a remarkable year, and it's hard to argue her being number one on this list, given all that she's done for women's wrestling and how she has been a mainstay in the men's picture relative to Judgment Day. So congratulations to all of the great wrestlers on the PWI 250. Now, some names that you may wonder didn't make the top 20, and it might surprise you, but I'd like to be able to go ahead and help with that particular list. One name that you didn't see in the top 20 would be Trinity, who came in at number 23 on this list. One of the reasons she is so low, and you could argue that that's low, is she did not wrestle for most of the period. She signed with Impact late May, early June, and didn't have her first match until the end of of June 2023. The period went through September. Since then, of course, she's won the Knockouts Women's World Championship in Impact and very likely will be in top 10 of this list in the coming year if she continues on the role that she's on right now. Also, this is the first year in many years that there has not been a member of the Four Horsewomen in the top 20. Charlotte Flair comes in at number 21, and then Becky Lynch comes in at number 29. Also, it's interesting to note that Tiffany Stratton, who is arguably one of the biggest standouts in all of NXT, came in at number 25 in only her second year in the business. Absolutely incredible to see where she could be headed, no doubt about that. But yeah, a significant list for the PWI 250, and big congratulations to all the women involved. Now, we mentioned Bianca Belair and hiatus. Well, that hiatus ended this past weekend. When we come back, we'll talk about her hiatus ending, and we'll talk about Bound for Glory and the massive news that happened at the end of that show. This is a total package, Lex Luger, and you are turned into... Are you ready? Yes! Hey guys, before we hop back into the podcast, I want to let you know that you have the opportunity to wear the merch of hopefully your favorite commentator. That's right, I have merch available representing us here at The Faction and representing my journey. Lego. You've likely heard about my journey into pro wrestling, and if you haven't, I can sum it up in a couple of words. Uh It took me five seconds of courage to bet on me. So we've got great merch out there allowing you to tell the world about five seconds of courage and betting on you. Uh You Check out that merch right now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Again, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. Check out this new merch representing yours truly in the world of pro wrestling. Bet on you. Five seconds of courage. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. I know you're going to dig this. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see 
all the things that he was doing. They were starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How do we get on Southern an Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a you, there will always be the S-H-W. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Fide Radio. That's right, the mount, the style, the grace, the shape, and the faith. Support Fide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. So if you were watching SmackDown, you were treated to another amazing show from WWE. And there are some things that are really starting to happen, which are exciting to me. One of them is it seems as though we're going to have perhaps a true battle for brand supremacy at the Survivor Series. Now, what do I mean? Well, there was a moment where Jay Uso showed up on SmackDown to attack his brother. Well, the SmackDown general manager, Nick Aldis, I should say the new SmackDown general manager, Nick Aldis, was not too happy about that. And in fact, had security throw both Jay Uso and the Raw general manager, Adam Pierce, out of the building. This seems like war. And I'm for it. And did I say war? Because in case you haven't heard, Survivor Series this year will once again feature war games. And so if we're looking at a potential Raw versus SmackDown war games match, I think we could have something really, really special on our hands if you have both Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce choosing their teams to go into battle. So I like this. And I don't believe we've had too much of a Raw versus SmackDown themed war games as last year it was pretty much the bloodline versus everybody. So this ought to be very, very interesting if we go into that space. One of the other big pieces of news coming out of SmackDown this weekend, EO Sky successfully defends the WWE Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair after a little help from her friends, her friends, of course, being damage control. They would then proceed to put the beat down on Charlotte when who should return but the EST of WWE. Bianca Belair, who we've not seen for almost three months, is back to take out damage control, to provide some assistance to Charlotte Flair. And then all of us start asking the question, oh my God, are we going to have 
Bianca Belair and Jade Cargill at some point share the same space. So if you've been watching kind of the trail of Jade Cargill, she's shown up on every brand at this point, and she's come face to face with several luminaries, including Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, who happens to be the NXT Women's Champion, made a couple of appearances on NXT, including being the last image seen on NXT this past Tuesday, which could insinuate that perhaps she'd insert herself into the NXT Women's title picture. Don't know yet, but I do know this. There's been money every time Jade Cargill shows up on our screen. The face-to-face -face with Charlotte was money. The face-to-face -face with Becky Lynch was money. And oh my God, if and when we get that face-to-face -face with Jade Cargill and Bianca Belair, the streets are going to go wild. I hope it doesn't happen too soon. I hope we save that for a while, that their paths shouldn't cross. Maybe not even until the Royal Rumble, maybe. But what I know for sure is there are some great, great times ahead for Jade Cargill and Bianca Belair. Welcome back to the EST. Of course, she comes in at the top of the card, and we'll see where she ends up going in all of this and what is next for the EST of WWE. Another interesting thing to mention in WWE is we found out over the weekend the new main event for Crown Jewel. Roman Reigns will defend the undisputed WWE Universal Championship and he will do that against the number one contender LA Knight. Yeah. So this ought to be a very, very interesting match and I say interesting but challenging. The challenge is that most people on the street don't actually believe that L.A. Knight will walk out as the new Universal Champion. But I think many are resolved in the idea that what will happen for him is that it's proving ground to see if indeed he can handle the bright lights and the big city of the main event, because if he can, I think this sets him up for a good space leading into WrestleMania, where I think at WrestleMania, and I'm just putting this out there, I think he becomes the United States champion and gets a massive pop in Philly. Think about it. Philly, where the Constitution was signed, home of the Liberty Bell. What more American thing do you have than a rising star like L.A. Knight getting the massive pop by winning the U.S. title? Oh, and by the way, predictions also abound because I think he's going to beat the social media maven Logan Paul for the U.S. title. That's right. You heard me correctly. I believe that Logan Paul at Crown Jewel will win the United States Championship from Rey Mysterio. I know some people don't like it. I know some don't like the idea of Logan Paul becoming a champion in WWE. But let's face it. Logan Paul is not going to keep taking these big marquee matches and continuing to lose. We knew last year it was a huge stretch after only two matches to put him in the ring against the Tribal Chief. But he held his own. He held his own also at Money in the Bank earlier this year. And he held his own in the Royal Rumble. Got a big win at SummerSlam over Ricochet. I think it's time for Logan Paul. I really, really do. So don't be surprised if a week from this Saturday, Logan Paul is your new United States champion at Crown Jewel. One of the other big things that happened, which I think is just absolutely brilliant, is somehow, some way, Grayson Waller has gotten under the skin of the Swifties. That would be the fans of Taylor Swift. He has trolled them. 
in some pretty amazing ways and even posted an apology in air quotes, which again, in the Grayson Waller way, is amazing. And then at a house show over the weekend, he and Austin Theory mimicked the handshake between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. You can't write this stuff. I mean, he's great. I love what Grayson Waller is doing, and it only continues to make him a massive heel. All right, so then let's talk about the pay-per-view that took place over the weekend, Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory. It's their biggest show of the year. Took place in Chicago. It was a very, very big night. And while I could talk about the results and probably should talk about the results, arguably the biggest thing that happened, and yes, there were title changes and all sorts of things, but the biggest thing that happened was at the very end of the show where this vignette airs and it shows a number of the current Impact Wrestling stars all heading to a lake. and They're all insinuating that to go forward, you have to go backwards. All of this insinuated and pointed to a brand change and a name change for Impact Wrestling. As at the top of the year, Impact Wrestling will no longer be known by that name, but will resume its original name, TNA Wrestling, that is Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. Now, for those who may not know, the organization currently known as Impact began in 2002 as Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, a.k.a. TNA. And they held on to that name for several years until 2017 when they officially changed their name to Impact Wrestling. Apparently, the word on the street is that there's been talk about changing this name back to TNA for several months now. And there were some polls that were done asking fans internally, would they like to go back to the name or not? And it just seemed to be a popular moment for that. Plus, the word on the street is also that the international partners have still had a hard time referring to the company as Impact Wrestling. They still keep calling it TNA. So, don't fight the feeling, yield to it. And so TNA Wrestling returns in January at the Hard to Kill pay-per-view. So I want to get your thoughts. Does it matter to you that Impact has changed its name from Impact back to TNA? Does it matter? Will you watch more or is it not really that big of a deal to you? Let me know on the socials. Meanwhile, we've got a great week of pro wrestling ahead of us, including, of course, Raw happening tonight. All roads are leading into, of course, Crown Jewel for WWE. We found out last Wednesday that Sting will be retiring with his final match happening at Revolution 2024. There's supposed to be a massive gift given to him by Tony Khan this Wednesday night. Who knows? Oh, and by the way, random Kazuchika Okada in a tag team match on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday? Yeah, that's wild. It was just announced very randomly on Collision Saturday night. He'll be teaming with Orange Cassidy to take on Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. That's going to be a crazy match, guys. Absolutely crazy. Looking forward to it for sure. But yeah, very random that Okada ends up on Dynamite this week. Go figure. At any rate, it should be a great week also, before we go, I want to let you know of some really cool news 
that has happened. In case you did not hear it, I am honored to be able to tell you that I will have an incredible show that I'll be involved with on November the 4th. It's called Mo Bay Bash as part of All Caribbean Wrestling. It's happening in Montego Bay, Jamaica, my first international show, and I'm really excited about it. Equally excited to be once again teaming with a great, great friend, a friend of the show as well, Ring of Honor and AEW commentator Caprice Coleman. We will be on the call for what should be an incredible night of action. You'll be hearing more about this great show. It's called Mo Bay Bash. It's part of All Caribbean Wrestling. Yes, yeah, so some really cool things are happening, and I'm very excited about it. All right, guys, stay connected to us as always as we have great, great things happening here on The Faction. If there are some things that you'd like for us to talk about, always let us know. Leave us a note in our DM or on any of our posts, and we'll make sure that we dig into some of these topics for you. Side note, I'm a wee bit jealous because my fellow Faction brothers got to hang out together this weekend in Memphis. I mean, the good brother Brandon Clack, Courtney Beard, and the EP John Murray were all together for Reformation Conference, put together by, of course, Brandon Clack, and it was just an amazing time. Some cool pictures floating out there, so I definitely missed my brothers, but I hope that we'll be able to get all four of us together real, real soon. Until then, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the EP, the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I'm my pain.